First off, is it true that you spilled sauce on your $1,000 shoes the day you got them? It was the day after. The day after? And it was it was fish tacos. Fish tacos? Yeah. Can you tell us that story, or is it just that's the beginning and end of it? That's really it. I bought the shoes for 1000 Do I look at you or the camera? <laughs> at me, bro. What do you okay. mean? <laughs> I bought the shoes for 1000 500 a foot. A hundred to tell. I was wondering when that was going to come, yeah. The next day, I got tacos with a bunch of homies and yeah some dude dropped his plate on my shoes so it wasn't you no it wasn't me i was told otherwise well that person is an unreliable source i think they were with you that day not when i was getting tacos okay that's the story yeah that's it on a more serious note uh we're sitting down today for the chicago stop of your tour with juno and your show here actually had to be postponed which makes me wonder what is the weirdest or just most like interesting interaction you've ever had with somebody at a show i don't really know <laughs> I don't remember because I like get like violently drunk before every show. <laughs> but it was probably just like somebody asking me to follow them back and me kindly saying like, no, nah, like I can't. Just like uncomfortable shit like that. But nothing like too crazy or weird. I remember somebody's like friend came with their dad and then the dad asked me for like the set list for the entire tour so he could post it on some set list website. It's a very tapped in dad. That's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, he was like, your music is sick. It's very powerful I, was like, okay, <laughs> I seem to recall a story of you telling a fan to back the fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the end of every set i do play pretend and then i do it again and then at the end of the song for like the part that's like the big drop or whatever the fuck i'll just go into the crowd and then we all just like jump and shit mm -hmm. and then i think it was the la show of course i was like stupid drunk and then the song's fucking over like i'm not gonna just chill in the crowd i have to go on stage and be like all right that's it bye everyone i remember i was walking to the stage i was like just like pushing through the crowd and shit and there was this one dude who like the song is like over and he's still like hey! <laughs> like, like hoping i would like throw some ass back on him or something <laughs> he was like oh and i was like he was just all in my way and i was just just like ready to get the fuck off stage i was like move pussy <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean for it to be like a rude thing but he was like all just dick just bouncing all up in front of me and i was like bro come on bro next just as a, as a preface i don't know what this means but i was told by a mutual friend of ours to ask you it was it a ghost or a person that dug in your butt in macon georgia <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I like to think it was a ghost. What can you explain this situation? Our good friend Evan, the producer Evan Sasha, they got a B and B in Macon, Georgia, out of all places, so out the way and shit. And it was me, Joey, and Veo. You know when you're like half asleep, half awake, but you're like waking up type shit out of like a deep slumber. I just like had this sensation like somebody was digging in my ass, just straight up, just like like all up in my shit i remember waking up and just being like <laughs> like and the door was closed but it was open when i like went to sleep and the lights were off they were on when i went to sleep mm. and i was like fully convinced that somebody went in there i don't know if it was joey or evan and they just like you wouldn't expect veo veo wasn't there that night but it happened again when veo was there oh okay it was the day that my song with edgar dropped i vividly remember that because i like took a little nap because like the song had dropped and i posted on instagram i was like all right i'm gonna just take a nap you know like like sleep paralysis and shit you know it's always just like hallucinations but you can kind of see i remember seeing veo like plug in her phone to the charger next to the bed and then like I got the sensation again and I woke up and they were like next to the bed and I was like, I was like, did you just dig in my ass? <laughs> and she was like, no. And I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you dug in my ass. So it's like up for debate. I remember they tried to accuse me. Up for me. debate? Yes, yeah, up for debate because they tried to accuse me of digging in my own ass like <laughs> while I was sleeping. I was like, 
I don't think that's possible. I don't think I would do it aggressively, like, enough to the point to where, like, I would wake up. I could see somebody, like, scratching their ass, like, while they're sleeping, but, like, digging in your shit like that crazy it's like not possible next uh let's say tomorrow a representative from any fast food restaurant in the world hits you up and goes hey daniel so we like what you're doing with this whole music thing but we think it's time for you to break into the food business and make the cyber trash meal what restaurant is Chick-fil-A. it at and oh okay what's the cyber trash meal a burger a burger from chick-fil-a yeah isn't that kind of like antithetical to like what they do well it's not antithetical to my vibe. I understand you have a kind of interesting mac and cheese spicy chicken combo at Chick-fil-A. Would you go for that? Yeah. Gotcha. I feel like that'd be hard. Have you ever tried that? No, I've never tried putting fucking mac and cheese and with Chick-fil-A sauce mushed together on top of it. I don't know why it. you're getting an attitude because it's pretty good. Uh, okay. Okay. You would love that shit. Oh, you don't eat meat. Probably would have loved that shit. Yeah, you probably would have back in the day. It's gas, bro. You get the mac and cheese from Chick- I sound like such a fat bitch. <laughs> 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 I sound like such a fucking fatty. Bro, what is the salad bro oh is that the shit he made a tiktok out of bro eric's been doing that shit for years where he'd get the um chick-fil-a salad and he'd get the waffle fries and the nuggets and hell of the sauce and he makes that shit up bro it's the only time i've ever seen him use a salad bowl (laughs) that's not even that fat i feel like the mac and cheese spicy chicken deluxe is way fatter with what you're describing with eric at least he gets home puts it all in like a fucking like bowl and mushes it together what daniel's talking about is like in the car like sitting there putting like the mac and cheese on top of the sandwich like that i was just taking off the top bun and just slapping like mac and cheese on there and then pouring the chick-fil-a sauce on there almost got excited talking about (laughs) it i like i barely eat fast food when i'm feeling like not like a fat bitch like i feel like i like bust down on the mac and cheese chick-fil-a sandwich uh next can you explain this image <laughs> are you gonna like put it on the screen yeah i put it on the screen yeah <laughs> i was in la i remember tweeting out a few days before i was like bro who in la got a computer i could play valorant on a few people swiped up but i think i was too busy and then i ended up staying with polar they let me use their computer to play Valorant in your pjs yeah I was, and you can see like i'm sitting on my foot like a little kid bro i was so happy bro. fuck valorant though oh you're over it now no, fuck that game. You've kicked it? It's not an addiction, bro. Gotcha. I could have quit anytime. But no. You were out there for work, were you not? Yeah. Yeah, you were out there for work and you still took time out of your day to go to a friend's house just to play Valorant? I was staying with Polar, so it wasn't really work. Next, what can you tell me about this video? Oh, no. <laughs> I know exactly where you found that. You found that on Twitter. Yeah. That was me, I think, in the sixth or the seventh grade. And I was at a Bass Pro Shops and I was on top of a boat. And I think I recorded that on my friend Isaac's phone. You ever seen that video of that that Asian dude? He's like, I need a girlfriend. (laughs) He literally says exactly that. He's like, I have a six pack abs. Like, it's, yeah, that's basically what that is. Yeah. We should never talk about that again, though. Next, uh, last time you were in town, you mentioned that uh, then was the only time you've ever felt like old in a group setting, which, you know, you being like 37 is kind of odd. But yeah. uh, it raises the point that I feel like, especially, in a lot of creative industries there's a ton of focus on like being young so i'm wondering like have you ever felt sort of any experience any sort of like imposter syndrome in that regard and if so how have you pushed through it definitely especially being around this jet like on tour in the base surrounded by him and his fucking 18 19 year old friends motherfuckers was calling me unk at the function <laughs> and shit i got to um take daniel to like a party like a july 4th kickback i got to like introduce him around and like show him off like a little trophy husband it's fucking awesome i lied i was like yeah we got him on a boat he's not even from here <laughs> 
<laughs> Shit, man. Straight from the Dominican Republic, baby. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, on the internet, everybody is so young. But if you go out to LA, I remember popping out to LA when I was like 19, or, like even 20, and being the youngest person in the room, especially like doing like all right, like numbers wise, like people make a thing of your age. Like, it, it is like a thing because I remember so many people being like, what, you're only 20? And then like you kind of get older and it stops being a thing and it makes you feel like shitty about yourself. But I've always thought that was like stupid because like you're young and you're still existing and you're living and you're, you're like going through all these experiences and shit. Your creative peak, realistically speaking, is like when you're like 30 because you've like lived life for like the most part and you're experiencing and shit and you have so much more to talk about. The main thing with youth is just like the image, which I feel like is such a big thing right now, just marketability. And like sometimes it just doesn't matter. It depends on the type of music. Like Tizo Touchdown is fucking 30. Tizo Touchdown is 30? He's 30. Damn, I thought he was like mid-20s of the oldest. Wow, no, that's crazy. But it just doesn't matter because like that's not his whole thing. Whereas like if somebody like Fago was fucking like 28 like time to pack it up on it's time for jazz like che like if che was like 25 even it'd be like bro pack it up it's not a huge deal but i definitely have gotten imposter syndrome especially since everybody like in our community specifically is like so young and they're doing making insane shit so young it definitely gives me like a weird feeling but it's also like not that big of a deal and speaking of being young is it true you wore a fedora to your fourth grade talent show <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah performed break even by the script yeah is there a video of that anywhere Maybe if you if you visit my elementary school and ask them for the tapes, probably. Gotcha. I don't think they ever posted it on the internet. And then um, a while back, you mentioned uh, that making music came a lot more freely to you when you didn't have as much of an idea of what you were doing. So I'm wondering, like, what parts of the creative process would you say have gotten easier with time and which, which parts would you say have gotten harder? I don't know. It's all very up and down because I'm like a mentally ill person. So I'm like constantly, I'm very hard on myself. I feel shitty a lot. And then other times, you know, I feel like the best artist on earth. I feel like now, especially since, I, you know, I have dropped it like died butts i've kind of just spent most of the year taking care of myself and trying to become more of like a rounded out individual as opposed to like you know trying to get big or trying to drop music as consistently as possible so i feel like that aspect of just like all right man like i don't need a job like every single month consistency isn't like such a huge thing to me right now just the fact that people still fuck with me and are still listening and i haven't completely dropped off like the face of the earth kind of goes to show that you know like i have time mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i feel like that's the most important thing just realizing that there is like always time even at my age which is like only 21 it's like not crazy but i guess like relative to the scene i'm like kind of you can buy alcohol <laughs> yeah, therefore it's just something a lot of motherfuckers can't do because mm -hmm. you kind of become like an adult technically at 18 but i feel like you really become an adult once you like start living by yourself and shit it gets harder you know you gotta pay bills and shit you can't like spend too much time on the music you know motherfuckers gotta clock into work at Kohl's or some shit realistically you do have all the time in the world things don't have to be as fast and as sudden and as rigorous as like everyone makes it out to be yeah I think a lot of people make the mistake of like when you're in high school you don't really have that much responsibility to take care of so it's like you can dedicate I don't know like 30 40 hours a week to working on music and have it not that be a big of a deal if you're not doing sports or anything else but then like once you graduate it's like oh shit I gotta like work on a job and shit and it's like oh I can't put 30 40 hours in the music anymore is that a bad thing no but you're able to have a bit more of a rounded experience and, and live life and actually have stuff to write about i feel like even like people my age who don't even work because i have so many friends who are fucking unemployed live with their parents like that's not it's not like a bad thing like i'm technically like unemployed and i like still stay with my folks a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that time is kind of like running out like i have so many friends who constantly talk about quitting and shit i can name like five people out for it who just like are always talking about quitting and shit which has always been so stupid to me like i get it because i like even i like considered quitting like for a while but it's like it's like bitch like 
get a grip like keep going and considering how different your most recent stuff sounds from your older material how do you look back on your music maybe dating as far back as sink into the couch they're like their own things and they're kind of like a reflection of like kind of where i was at the time not really emotionally or like mentally or anything but just like i guess like style wise even like play pretend like play pretend's like a year old i didn't think about that damn yeah wow it's getting up there soon it'll be two years old and then three years old and then a decade old and then you'll be rotting in a grave somewhere i guess <laughs> okay <laughs> it's very morbid i'll always try my best to kind of look back at my older shit in a, like a nice way because like when i made play pretend i was like i think i just turned 20 like i was like a kid i think it's important to respect your old shit even if it is like just straight up like shit from a butt and uh if you were to be reincarnated what animal or thing would you want to be reincarnated as probably like a dog or like a cat what type of dog what type of cat any type just like you want to just like live in a house without paying rent sort yeah. of thing I mean, I've kind of been doing that for like 21 years. <laughs> but like be like be pet whenever you want it? Yeah, like type shit. You just eat, sleep, fucking shit, piss. <laughs> all things <laughs> I do. your goals. <laughs> yeah, all things I like normally do, but you get pet. and Your like, dog, you get to walk around. Same thing as a cat. If you're a cat, you get to walk around freely like sometimes. Or like a horse. I feel like being a horse would be cool. Horses might be fun, but don't they got to like stay in like kind of shitty like little cramped conditions sometimes? Yeah, but then you get to run free. It's like working a nine-to-five. You could be reincarnated as literally anything, and you want to be reincarnated as something that works a nine-to-five? I guess, but like horses are beautiful and strong. Horses are beautiful and strong. And I want to be beautiful and strong. You are beautiful and strong. Thank you. Next, uh, you're no stranger to joking around in your music, but I feel like a lot of artists have the sort of conflicting desires of wanting to mess around uh, and like, you know, not take music too seriously, simultaneously wanting to be like respected and taken like capital S seriously with their music and stuff. So I'm wondering like, have you ever struggled to balance those two sides of the equation before? Yeah, I feel like everybody wants to be taken seriously. It's the main motivator behind the decisions a lot of people, especially in our scene make. It's very easy for a lot of shit to be deemed as corny or like childish or whatever the fuck. But like, I get the conflicts and I've definitely had those types of thoughts where i'm like man like i want to be taken seriously like i don't want to i don't want to make like dystopia tone <laughs> <laughs> i mean but shit like that is different because it's just like made a song about niz who's like one of my closest friends and it's cute and it's like reggaeton but like in terms of like main music like shit that i would post like with you is such a corny song not just like listening to people who like say it sounds like a ford commercial yeah, or like ford a ford <laughs> commercial <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like a stupid silly song like it's like a song from like fucking like 2009 that like max martin would help write but it's like it's cool. Like, I made it from scratch. That type of shit doesn't matter as much as people think. Image is, like, a completely separate conversation in a way. But I think people always gravitate towards good music. Like, that shit will always prevail. And I'm wondering, like, how do appearances like this... Um, I mean, you joked about it before we started the interview. Uh, you know, like, wanting to maintain, like, mysteriousness or whatever. And I get that was a joke. But, like, how do appearances like this sort of fit into that, like, desire to be taken, like, seriously as an artist and stuff like that? Unfortunately, it plays, like, a huge role. I feel like that's kind of the whole thing about musicians. Like, literally since the beginning of time, people, like, investing into people who look cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. and who have like a cool image and shit like think about the biggest people like fucking like elvis the beatles michael jackson prince mm -hmm. prince is a great example like motherfuckers look cool as hell mm -hmm. and people like buying into shit like that and following shit like that so it does make sense i don't know i forgot the question <laughs> no i mean that answers it i'm just wondering like even like stuff like your social media presence and stuff like that there are times where sometimes like i like type out like joke tweets or whatever on like the backlight twitter and then i like pause for a second and i'm like okay this is this is like a joke and whatever but i like you know to some extent we are like a publication we are like yeah. you know i'm not like demanding people's respect or anything but i don't want like when i publish an interview for people to be like oh it's like the twitter joke guy and shit like yeah so like is there ever like sort of situations like that where you 
like have to like restrain yourselves from like what you would maybe want to express yourself as publicly? Yeah, multiple times because I used to tweet a lot of bullshit. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure a lot of people found me annoying for it, but I was really just like depressed and like trying to be funny and trying to get engagement. The fucking Phineas and Ferb tweet. What was that again? I forget. She Phineas on my Ferb to let Doofin Square. Okay, I got you. Yeah. The smoking with a scene, bitch. We getting high. We getting high XD or whatever. And just like so much other dumb shit that I would like tweet out. I like sat down <laughs> one day and I was like, let me just go through my Twitter. And it was just a lot of bullshit. And I was like, yeah, let me just delete this. Because after a certain point, it's like, I guess it is really just seeming cool, but like not in a bad way. I know so many people who are like goofy and silly and crack jokes and probably say like the most out of pocket shit. But like their personas online are just like way different, which I get. Like my Instagram is like straight business. <laughs> yeah. My Twitter, like I'll tweet out some dumb shit every now and then. That's usually the, di- the dichotomy I see. It's like Instagram and stuff like that is for the more business. Because I mean, more a and r's and more yeah, professional yeah. business like never there. tap into twitter yeah bro. that's why i was tweeting so much bullshit because i was like a lot of shit was like happening for me mm-hmm. but like none of the a and r's were tapped into my twitter so i always thought it was just funny i could tweet out like shit like pee pee poo poo butt and like columbia wouldn't see it like this a and r from empire wouldn't see it i always thought, I just thought it was funny it was silly and then on the topic of out-of-pocket shit if you could suicide bomb any structure institution or residence what would it be Bro's the feds. <laughs> it's just a question. It's a th- theoretical. Bro, you're crazy. Probably the Lincoln Monument. Lincoln Monument? Why? I don't know. You could have just said, like, I don't know, like Trump's house or something. You went for a federal building? But you said, like, monument or, like... I know I didn't. I said residence, structure, or institution. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I would do that anywhere because I wouldn't want to kill anybody. I'm not a bringer of death, man. Okay. Okay. Um, next, Mr. Beast House. <laughs> next, uh, in researching artists for these interviews, I usually stumble upon some pretty interesting information. Uh, but while I was looking into you, I found a source uh, that says you were spotted at more than a dozen nightclubs in Atlanta, belligerently drinking in public and offering 360 deals to helpless bystanders, all while claiming to go by the name Perry Mendola. Uh, Someone, if you could maybe set the record straight on that one. Hey, Amen. If you're trying to change your situation, I'm giving out free 360s, man. All it costs is your fucking life. Perry Mandola, man. Bounce that records. Word up. Who is Perry Mandola? Uh, I don't know. You're the feds, man. Leave my nightlife alone, bro. <laughs> what I do at fucking Veranda Nightclub in Atlanta is none of your business. Uh, and on the topic of shady record deals, I think anybody that's spent more than like 10 seconds making small talk with an AR will know that when you're starting out, like your idea of the music industry is rarely ever like lining up with the reality of what it's like. Um, so I'm wondering, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe an artist that's like maybe starting to get some traction, is maybe disappointed by what they're seeing in like the reality of the music industry? Never talk to an AR without any type of management or if you're under the age of 18 never talk to an A&R without a guardian or some shit. I have some homies who are on the younger side who have been talked to A&Rs and they're telling me that these A&Rs are talking to them, trying to give them deals without talking to their parents. That shit is predatory and it's weird. Just don't get your hopes up whenever you're talking to these fucks. Like, they're people, obviously. They're just doing their job. But I think just the practice in of itself, especially with the way things are now, it's important to not get your hopes up because these people are just looking for a fucking paycheck. They're looking for commission. It's different if somebody is actually tapped in because they like your music and they care about what you have going on some people genuinely do want to help you but i'd say keep your head on the swivel man be weary because a lot of people are weird and they will try to take advantage of you like especially if you're doing well my advice is to always pause suck them dry for <laughs> everything you can bro like if you're talking to A&Rs and it's getting serious make that motherfucker fly you out bro if somebody offers to come to you fuck that go to New York go to LA get a free fucking flight bro make them book you a tally make them take you out to dinner just like everything even if you don't sign with them bro just 
live it up because these fucks like they have unlimited fucking money they're giving out redonkulous deals to people bro like they're offering these deals that look good on the service level but have like the worst fucking terms which is so shitty because a lot of people you know like not everybody's privileged or lucky enough to like be in situations where turning down like 30,000 40,000 50,000 60,000 is like an easy thing it's not an easy thing but the thing is they're presenting these deals to people who they know could seriously use a change of situation Mm -hmm. and it's just like shitty and they'll have like the worst fucking terms and they'll be worded in such a way that just like maybe if it's not even worded in like a like a discreet way a lot of kids just don't know what the fuck these terms mean i don't know it's just a lot of shit in writing that could like seriously fuck you it's not just the numbers and all that and then next uh, i feel like your music is a really prime example of like pop music with a soul like it's very like catchy and it feels very like mar- like mass like appeal like marketable without feeling like it was like manufactured or by committee or anything like that but that does raise the point like when making any individual song how much thought do you put into like okay this does need to make money this does need to be appealing to at least like a wide enough amount of people i don't really think that much about it to be honest for a while i was making music that just didn't have any hooks or choruses and then my managers were like these need to have hooks i don't know i just never really thought too much about it because i didn't really care about whether a song was catchy even sometimes i didn't really care about whether it was relatable or like compelling i i would just like kind of make music especially something like play pretend that's so like catchy and fun and poppy and in all indian shit like i never really sat down once while making that song was like hmm what can i do here that would really draw somebody in mm-hmm. do you see that changing at any point in the future or would you like for that to remain the same in the way that it is currently it probably will change because i've been focusing on songwriting a lot and i feel like i probably will try implementing like basic songwriting practices in my music and shit so they're not all just like a bunch of bullshit mm. but yeah it'll probably change okay awesome how often do you think about killing yourself oh every day man every day <laughs> juno's looking at you crazy no nah, not not that much these days but earlier this year it was quite frequently i'm glad you're doing better now thank you man yeah, i need you around man. thank you i need you around i need you close we're pretty close <laughs> we're pretty close right now of all the cities you visited on tour or otherwise what would you say is your favorite or least favorite i didn't like hate any of the cities <laughs> chicago <Yeah>, chicago <laughs> fucking sucked damn okay it wasn't that bad i think it was just the fact that we were here for like only one day and the shitty situation revolving around like your flight and whatnot the fact that we had to drive like fucking like 12 13 hours all the way from connecticut to here that's that shit sucked but seattle was cool but it just like was a little boring we got no motion out there i guess yeah they don't fuck with you out in seattle i guess so man favorite city probably new york i remember you said in an interview a while back that new york always scared you so that's good to hear yeah new york always scared me but i went there and it was still scary but it was cool because i i was rolling with my fucking student like benji knew how to get around new york and shit and so did rocky you just pull up maps rock's never been in new york (laughs) (laughs) he was walking around with conviction i feel like that's all that matters bro you need a motherfucker that looks like they know what they're doing for fiona's world i was the navigator for like a group of like 30 drunk people and I don't know why they all turned to me. They were all just like, no, you just look like you know what you're doing. And I was like, I don't. I just have Google Maps on my phone and that's I it. I guess all it takes is just like one responsible. And then uh, no matter how many artists you discover, it seems like there's a hundred more popping up when you're not looking. So if you can name a handful of people to put our listeners onto right now, oh, who would you pick? man. First one, B-U-G Ant-Man out of Atlanta. So crazy, bro. My boy Mike put me onto his music. He's so insane, bro. And then Reef, of course. My young goat. That's my son. That's my nephew. McGee, M-K dot G-E-E. I don't know. I haven't really been listening to that much music. The Beatles, man. Beatles are crazy. Put our listeners onto the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I feel like a lot of people haven't really listened to the Beatles. Yeah, like that's our fair. Age. I never listened to the Beatles. And I like recently tapped in. Their shit is crazy. It's crazy how ahead of their time they 
they were like modern pop melodies but you know it's like from the 60s and the 70s and shit which is so cool puma blue man mm. do you know puma blue not familiar no i also haven't been familiar with practically any of the names you mentioned so this is awesome i mean bug antman is hella small he has like 500 monthlies mm. but he's so talented and then puma blue is like jazz indie kind of uh next you've collaborated with quite a few people on both vocals and production but i'm sure there are still plenty more you want to work with so if you can name a handful of like dream collaborators who would they be Oh man, McGee, Puma Blue, Fuji Ant Man. Okay. Reef. Probably like Lady Gaga. Ooh, I would love to hear that. Would you um like do vocals with her or I'll do anything with her. I'll do anything she asked me to. Arca, probably. Mm, that'd be amazing. Like getting her on probably would be sick. I don't know. I'd be scared. Do you still like feel intimidated when like asking, like, are you more of like that they need to hit me up first because I don't want to like Yeah, type shit. It's funny because that's like that's a universal thing. Like I've talked to like so many people and people are always intimidated to like reach out to people and ask them if they want to work. Because like you don't want to bother anybody, yeah. you know. With the type of music I make, it's kinda hard for collaboration because it's just like indie music but i'd be down to work with anybody uh finally um i'm really excited for what you're gonna do accomplish tomorrow at the show and just going forward in the future so with 2024 pretty fast approaching what are you looking to accomplish this year what can we expect from cyber trash going forward oh man ep you've been saying that for a while <laughs> chill relax <laughs> i know i have but it's like coming together i want to try and be like an artist for real <laughs> instead of just like dropping songs and fucking off yeah i just kind of want to be like more personable i don't want to be like an enigma or nothing not that i'm like the most mysterious person on earth but i feel like i don't really put enough of myself out there i want that to change but i'd be shy and shit i don't know it, it even like blows my mind still that people like listen to me in the first place i'm grateful for all that i've been able to do and all that i've seen and all the people i've met but i want to do more anybody who fucks with my music deserves it more collaborations too i want to work with more people i feel like that'd be fun i feel like i don't really be reaching out and shit i'd be feeling like people hate me who hates you I don't know. Everybody loves you. I'd say like at least like a handful, two handfuls maybe. Woohoo. Welcome to life. Okay. Get thanks. over yourself. Noah. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. Yes.